Welcome back to WitGift Conversations, the podcast where we talk to staff, to parents and to pupils about topics that are relevant to you. Now, in this episode, we're talking all about the alumni, bursaries and, more importantly, something called WitGift for All. Thomas Northcutt, Director of Development at the school, is with us to unpack all of this, to tell us what happened over the last weekend, what it's all about and how people can get more involved with it. So I don't think we should waste any more time, but instead, come with me right now as we speak to Director of Development, Thomas Northcutt. Thomas, thank you for being here and welcome to this episode of the podcast. How are you today? I'm very well, thank you. A um, bit tired after the weekend. We had the launch event of our uh, Wicked for All charity on, on Saturday. We had um, 90 OWs come to school site and enjoy the wonderful weather and all credit to them for missing the cup final as well. Although we did get them off in time that those that were interested could go and watch it. It was a very good event and re- reeling from that and lots of follow-up to do today. Fantastic. So that was on Saturday and you're right, we did have good weather last Saturday. Uh, Sunday was not quite so good, but Saturday was definitely good. Tell me what, what time it started and you mentioned that 90 OWs came along. What was the whole event like? Unpack it a little bit for us. Very convivial. Obviously the weather helped. Andrew Quad looked stunning. The peacocks made their presence known. As, as you as you would expect, and those of you that are familiar with them and the noise that they make, they're in full swing at the moment. We had some of our boys perform some excerpts from History Boys. Um, we had some boys perform some jazz that they'd done at the soiree the night before. It was all very convivial, very informal, but with a very powerful message about what Whitgift for All is and what we want it to achieve. Awesome. It was a it's a step change in what the school's looking to do in terms of philanthropy. Fantastic. Well, I'm going to be quizzing you a little bit on Whitgift for All a little bit later in this recording. But first of all, Thomas, I'd love to understand a bit more about you yourself. Did you go to school in the local kind of area or did you grow up in a different part of the country or a different part of the world for that matter? Different part of the country. I was at a Catholic boarding school uh, near Reading and then went to Exeter University um, and stayed on and did postgraduate study and then spent 10 or 11 years working up in Cambridge, both for the university and an independent school. And then I joined Whitgift in March 2020. So possibly the worst time to be joining joining a job where it's very people-centric and we couldn't do anything at all, obviously. Mm. So yeah, my first six months were spent remote in Cambridge, and then I got onto school site September 2020. So you say you went to, I think you said Catholic school in Reading. Was Reading somewhere that you grew up then? So my parents lived just outside of Windsor and it was a easy enough commute if you wanted to be a day pupil, but I, I boarded. I boarded all the way through from seven. Um, clearly did something wrong in a previous <laughs> life, but I, I really enjoyed it. Mm. So the, the, the independent day school is, is something that's quite new to me. Although we do have boarding here at Whitgift, it, it very much is a day school that has boarding as opposed to the other way around. And you mentioned Exeter University. What was it that took you there? I mean, why choose Exeter when you could have you could have studied what you studied, I imagine, in a few different places? Yeah, I mean, the classics department at Exeter is, is very well regarded. Um, there are a couple of people that I wanted to work with specifically and actually a lot of my friends were going it's a very sociable university we had we had a lot of fun it was it was a great place to study great place to to be a student um if if you had a car the the world was your oyster there are so many different places you can go and see um and it was always 
good good fun to do that. Uh, this is music to my ears because my own personal connection with Exeter is that my eldest daughter is there right now in her first year. She's halfway through her first year, actually coming towards the end of her first year now, and she has never had so much more fun than she's having right now. She's absolutely loving it. But let's take it back to yourself. Then you mentioned Cambridge. So you're working alongside different people at the university there. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, I was working for for Downing College, relatively new college in in Cambridge terms. It was founded in 1800 and working working in their working in their development office alongside some fantastic colleagues and it gave me a lot of opportunities to to travel internationally to to meet academics who are absolutely at the forefront of what they're doing and to to be involved in a 20 million pound endowment campaign a 2 million pound art gallery downing was the only cambridge college that had its own art gallery and i i met some incredible people in in my time at cambridge um it was a slightly surreal move going going from the, the Cambridge Fens to South Croydon, both both in terms of kind of aesthetic and and anything else. But I've definitely made the right choice. I, I do miss the the ease of Cambridge and the sort of cyclical nature of working in a university town. But it, yeah, it was it was the right move, even though the the elephant in the room made it difficult. Mm. It, it was certainly the thing that I wanted to do. Okay, and then before we talk about the work that you do there, Director of Development, you, you mentioned, of course, that you joined the school in March 2020. Tell us a little bit about that. I mean, clearly the world was being turned upside down at that point, but but what was your personal experience of it? So I actually had to delay moving house because one of my housemates came back from New Zealand and had a cough. So we were in isolation for two weeks before national lockdown. And my first day was national lockdown. <laughs> Gosh. And the the school were immensely supportive, but onboarding a new member of staff remotely at a time of great uncertainty for everyone was a real challenge, both for them and for me. Um, and getting getting to know a school community, you can only really do it by living it. Um, you, you can't live the school community, know how a school operates and breathes day to day if, if you're not there. So much as though my colleagues were very supportive and my team has grown uh, over the past two years, I, I think the only way I could describe it is surreal. Uh, and my job is people and building those relationships. And actually, schools that had done this before, had done fundraising before, had done alumni relations before, it seemed quite natural meeting the development director for the first time over Zoom. Mm. But when I was appointed, the school hadn't reached out in a formal way to, to OWs. Uh, we hadn't engaged with the wider OW community in a meaningful way for a very long time. So that was an added challenge. Now, you mentioned just then alumni relations and fundraising. So I imagine that forms a very large part of your role as director of development. Tell us a bit more about that as a as a job function within a school, because I imagine that some of the people listening to this right now, they understand a little bit about what the head does. They might know what the history teacher does. They know they know about maths and, and sport. Director of Development, just open that up to us for a moment. It's def it's definitely not doing building works, uh, which <laughs> some people might assume when you uh, when you first hear that word. But what the school is looking to do is, is make a major step change in its attitudes towards philanthropy. We were we were founded on a legacy, and much as though the John Whitgift Foundation is very supportive in the bursaries that they give us. Um, we get we get roughly 2.15 million f from the foundation each year, which allows about 10 full bursaries, which isn't that many in a school of 1,550. And and of course, in in real terms, that that money is worth less each year because it's it's between three schools, 
the care home business and and the foundation's assets are all shops essentially so there is the 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 element of yep we we want to go out into the community and transform transform lives and that costs money each full bursary to endow in perpetuity is about half a million so when we say we're looking to raise five million pounds for 10 bursaries and we think well hang on that's not that many it's this it's a step in the right direction and we need to continue doing that uh, in in order to survive as 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 an independent school and the alumni relations piece builds into the fundraising piece very nicely we've 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 got friend versus fundraising and recently it was decided that all ows who left the school become ows and are part of our global wide reaching community not just those that paid a subscription to to the Wigifting gifting association so my office uh, does all the alumni relations events, um, does three newsletters, which are published termly. And we have a whole system of mentoring that's about to be launched through our online platform, Gift Connect. So it's very broad reaching. Um, it's, it's, it's an exciting office to be in at the moment because we're new. Um, we're doing things that the school hasn't done before. Uh, and as I say, my team's grown. It's me, me and four others at the moment. Um, many of whom, will, well, two of whom at least, will be very familiar to, to a number of my listeners here today. Okay. Now, let's talk about bursaries then. You've mentioned bursaries a couple of times. Why are they so important? This is not about ticking a corporate social responsibility box. We do not deserve to survive as an independent school if we are not helping disadvantaged children come to Whitgift and receive that very special gift of education that we're able to provide. What our aim is that you can come to Whitgift and you can thrive regardless of your background we we don't we don't want fees to be a barrier for social good bursaries aid social cohesion they develop the inclusive nature of our school and it's contributing to the legacy that we're founded on going back to our roots and educating the poorer sort of, of croydon that's what john whitgift wanted and that's what we should be doing and are doing and are making very tangible and meaningful steps to go out and make a difference. And within the school at any one time, roughly how many of the boys there are being supported in, in any way to a greater or a lesser extent? If we if we just park scholarships, if we park fee assistance uh, or some sort of fee relief, but it, we've got about 180 boys on means-tested bursarial support in the school at the wow. moment. So good, but not not enough. And this is where our additional bursaries we want to raise will come in. Um, the foundation will continue to support us, but any new monies raised go through our linked charity, Whitgift for All, to support deserving boys from the local community. And that additionality is really, really key for us. So let's imagine then that if I'm a parent and I'm listening to this and, and, and I'm paying for my son to come to Whitgift and I'm paying the full rate, there's there's no support there at all. That there might be an element of me thinking, well, hold on, why am I paying the full rate, whereas somebody else is is paying less? What would you say to someone like me in that situation? I think we're we're all as part of the community responsible for for providing access to Whitgift and providing access to the education that that it ha- we we are able to offer. But my counter is having bursary boys in the school not only enhances their lives, but it enhances the lives of our pupils already here who are living experiences through the school. I think the number of people that we have, the the clear diversity that we have in our bursary pool is really important because that's what life is. 
and we want to prepare our pupils for life. I, school is life, I, I feel, but actually preparing for what is next and having that diversity and that, uh, that open approach to education is really important. Great answer to a tricky question. Thanks for that, Thomas. Now, I believe that you encourage the boys at school to act local and think global. Tell us a bit about that. We, we, we want our boys to think globally. We want them to be global citizens. We want them to be ambassadors for the school and to go out into the wider world and change it for the better. Our focus is on local children. So we're acting local both in the boys that we wish to recruit from local schools, uh, our community projects, um, going out into local primary schools and do, doing work with disadvantaged pupils. I mean, if we look at the, the first year of the pandemic in 2020, we ran a primary summer school for those pupils who had been most educationally disadvantaged during lockdown. Uh, we had 160 boys and girls come to school, um, do maths and English and science in the morning and team building activities in the afternoon. And some of these children hadn't been out of the house for months, hadn't socialised, hadn't seen anyone. So the, the educational disadvantage there was huge and the impact is going gonna, is gonna to be huge for, for years to come. So we as a school, we said, this is what we want to do. Andy Marlowe, our Director of Partnerships and Community, ran this. It was part funded by a leaving gift from the Upper Sixth Parents of that year, who, let's face it, had a pretty horrible time of <laughs> leaving school. But they still wanted to, to contribute to the community in some way and made, made a contribution to, to, to the primary summer school. Last year, the class gift raised £45,000, which, which paid for the entirety of the primary summer school and um, a donation of about £12,500 into the bursary programme. And th this year, um, we're, we're looking at the upper sixth parents funding two sixth form bursaries as, as their leaving gift. So that's that's the acting local. That's the making a difference in our local communities and transforming the lives of not just the boys that come to us, but boys and girls who are benefiting from the community and partnerships outreach work that we do. And you mentioned Andy Marlow, Director of Partnerships and Community. He Andy actually featured in a previous podcast episode back in, I think it was January 2022. So if anyone's listening and wants to check that one out, then just scroll back and you should be able to find that one. Uh, Mr Marlow and I work very closely together because when we've got the initial £5 million for, for bursaries, we want to be funding more and more community and partnership outreach work. Again, if we're not doing that work, I will plagiarise the headmaster's speech from Saturday. We simply do not deserve to survive as an independent school if we're not doing that work. Thomas, let's talk about diversity for a second. And I'm going to reference actually something you said to me just before we hit record, which is the slight irony of two white middle, middle, middle class, middle aged men talking about diversity within a school like Whitgift. But tell me how diversity fits into a programme like this. Absolutely. Whitgift sort of appears to be this big sort of Victoriana-esque edifice on top of the hill, all very imposing and white middle class male in, if, if a building can look like that. But actually, as soon as you step onto school site and you see the breadth of our diversity, not in terms just in terms of socioeconomic, but racial diversity, religious diversity, the school site is buzzing and the communities within communities are, are great. And you just take one step out onto the terrace and, and you see it and you live it. The school is is committed very strongly to broadening our uh, diversity. We have a diver diversity group. Um, it's a group of five or six senior staff 
including myself, uh, the pastoral deputy. Um, we have our chaplain on, on there as well, um, our head of learning support, our head of first form, and another member of Kirsty's department who's looking at LGBTQ diversity within our community, and female member of staff, a head of department who's looking at sexual kind of attitudes to women and misogyny and how we as a school can do better with that. And I know that there's been a podcast on this as well. I think Dale did one very early on. And so there is a true commitment to that. And that's what makes Whitgift an exciting place to be. And it's great to know and reassuring to know that you and I are not a representative sample of the diversity within the school. So tell us, tell us a little bit then about Whitgift for All. Tell us more about it. We've touched on it already. What's it all about and what's the main objective of it? So Whitgift for All is a linked charity uh, to the to the John Whitgift Foundation with its own trustees, its own governing principles and its own bank account. And to, to, to put it bluntly, I mean, transforming lives is, is the underlying theme of our new uh, bursary charity. Uh, we rely on our boys and the world relies on the alumni that they become to become leaders in their community and a force for social good. That, that, is, that is it in a, in a nutshell, bluntly. Uh, we're looking, as I think I referenced earlier, to raise £5 million pounds for, for new life-transforming bursaries uh, in, initially. And then we're looking to raise a million a year to support these bursaries and to continue to grow that programme. The school believes in this very strongly. It is aimed that when the international schools open, they will pump in a substantial amount of money per year into our bursary programme. Mm. That's how much the school believes in it. It's it's not using this money as a cash cow to build a new sixth form centre or a, a new parking lot, whatever whatever it may be. It's saying we value this this much, and we are ploughing in as many resources as possible in, into new bursaries. Gosh. So that that is part of it, but also there are community elements to it. We want to encourage the school in its social outreach, supporting local primary and secondary schools. And actually getting the pupils to be part of that outreach as well. It's not just staffed outreach. It's our boys going into local communities uh, and making a difference. And we can make a profound impact. And if we get this right, the impact will be for centuries to come as John Whitgift's original gift was. Well, it sounds fantastic. It sounds like a good place to leave this podcast episode now. But just finally, you mentioned about Whitgift Connect earlier on. Is that a good place for people to find out more about this? So Whitgift Connect is an online networking platform for old Whitgiftians, current sixth form and members of the wider Whitgift community. Really easy to to join. Uh, It's just whitgiftconnect.co.uk. And then you can you, you can sign up. But also the, the pages on the website have just been revamped and have all the information about Whitgift for All, our alumni relations program, how you can get involved, uh, not not just by making a gift, but by volunteering your time, mentoring a Whitgiftian. Um, there, are, there are lots of ways to do that. And I would encourage people to, to look on the school website um, in the support us section uh, and learn learn about Wicker for all from there. Fantastic. And if anybody wants to find out anything more in general, could they get in touch with you or somebody in your team? What's the best way they could do that? Absolutely. They can get in touch with, with me or somebody in my team. Uh, the best email address to use is alumni at wickgift.co.uk. Your inquiry can be directed to the right person, whether it be me or a member of my team. Fantastic. Well, Thomas Northcote, Director of Development, thank you for your time here today. Thanks for giving it up on a Monday morning. I really appreciate you talking about everything and I appreciate you being here. Thank you. Brilliant. Thank you for your time. 
So that was Thomas Northcote, Director of Development at Whitgift. Thank you, Thomas, for carving out time on a Monday morning to explain all of this to us. Don't forget, you can find out more by getting in touch with the school. You can email alumni at whitgift.co.uk. That's it for this episode, but our next episode is coming out soon. But in the meantime, thank you for listening to this one. Don't forget to follow or subscribe so you can stay in touch. And we look forward to seeing you next time. Bye for now.